at the moment, I can only get the Philippines over here to play a test match. Yep. But, like, I think I need to start getting South Africa to play, like, Italy, Malta, like, you know, like Fiji, Lebanon, like... So how would you compare to we, Malta? So Mal- we, Malta's probably we, the strongest. We beat Malta. Yeah. We beat Malta in 2018. Yeah. It was our first ever game. With, we had, like, five, six union players, never played rugby league. And then we lost to Italy by only four points. And we had, like, six or seven players missing. Yeah. And who... since then, we've, I've picked up like six or seven players in cup systems. Yeah, wow. And in um, like NRL, and so we've picked up way better squad now. We've got full uh, rugby league players, no rugby union guys anymore. Yeah, yeah fuck, you got to get some games, man. Because if you're coming up, like, was that, that wouldn't have been like in Italy with NRL players, but like it would have been still a they decent... Had one, they, had NRL, they had an NRL player. They had a few cup players. They had a pretty good side. Yeah. Like, obviously it wasn't Tesco and those guys. No, no, had, no. They had like three or four NRL players, and then a couple like one of the guys in New South Wales Cup, like the best player. Like it was a couple of good players in that team. Yeah, pretty decent. They're pretty decent. Well, that's good, man. That's a good. Yeah. You guys are a good standard. You just gotta probably show it off. So we got more. a new coach now. Yeah, we got a new coach, like coach, like trying to push a bit more professional, doing stuff before the camp because it's pretty hard, like just flying in on a Wednesday. Yeah. And fucking organizing the shit, you know. All right, man. Well, I'm pretty excited then. It sounds like we've got yeah. a lot to talk about, so we might as well yeah. hit record. <laughs> You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, Kangaroo Chasers, I am back with my first interview for the year. It's been a little while. My skills are a little rusty, and I've got uh, from the other side of Australia over in Perth, WA, Mr. Shane Gillum. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, mate. Thanks, Carbs. Thanks for having me. Mate. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure to be speaking to you for the first time, I think. we've. I mean, we've had little conversations here and there, but nothing like this, that's for sure. Mate, tell us your role as uh, your role with South African Rugby League. Um, here in Australia. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's obviously pleasure. Big fan of the podcast and things you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, uh, mate. Really good for exposure for the game. Um, so yeah, I'm involved with the South African Rugby League team. Uh, first debuted for them back in 2015, and they had a, we actually had a fully touring uh, side. Then we flew over like 20 players from South Africa, all domestic players. We played against the Philippines. And then from there, we had four heritage players. And then obviously, we played against Lebanon in the end of the 2015 World Cup qualifier. Um, they obviously brought over a pretty strong side to South Africa. And they beat us in a two-game series over there. And then from there, there was a lot of money put into South African Rugby League then. Like, we had, like all of, I had five heritage guys. And we had, like, all, everything paid for came over. Um, and then sort of, like, died down a bit. Um, you know, domestic players, because we didn't make the World Cup, they all went back to Union. A um, bit of, you know, interest was lost because everyone thought South Africa was going to make that World Cup and beat Lebanon. Yep. And then basically I was, I don't know, sitting back 12 months later and I was just counting my fingers, like, how many players do we have that are South African around the world that play rugby league? And, like, I managed to scrunch together, like, 17 players 
like that I f found out who was African like heritage, and then I asked the board in South Africa like, can we run a heritage test match uh, in 2018, I think, and we like sort of started up this new like federation in Australia or outside of South Africa, so anyone who's born in South Africa or parents or grandparents can be eligible to you know, represent South Africa, and basically we have started up a squad. Um, which we're building now, and yeah, so that's born then basically, and now we're just starting to string some games together, um, trying to build a squad to go together and hopefully, you know, develop and get South African rugby league out there a bit more. Mate, so much I need to unpack there. So plenty of information, which is yeah, great. Yeah, I know. So, so your role, so you are you in charge of the heritage South African heritage rugby league here in Australia? Is that your role? Um, so I've yeah, started the um, foundation of two other guys. There's a guy called Nigel Goose yep. who was, I don't know, he was working with the Broncos or helping with the Broncos. I think in 07, he went over there at the development clinic and somehow he's an Australian guy, um, became the international development officer for South Africa. So he's on the committee in South Africa. And then in 2014, he found the, me like being South African eligible and then me, him, Gideon Mazembe, we like founded the you know, South African Rugby League Heritage Association, non for Fabian. Um, and then from there, we've obviously built the squad of like you know getting a couple managers, and we also got the ex uh, president, who was the president of the South African Rugby League in 2000 when South Africa was last in the World Cup. He's now living in Brisbane, so he's like involved. That's handy with us as well so yeah. he lives in brisbane so he he communicates direct to the south african rugby board i basically just promote things like hey we want to play brazil and then we just pass through all the necessary channels so, yeah so how did your so yeah, like, how, how did you start in rugby league i suppose like so you're sorry man go say what you're going to no, say that's okay yeah. no that's fine no that's yeah that's yeah so i flew over in south africa in like 2005 i think i was 10 years old and i was at like primary school and we had like this speech where you get up and show a trophy and say about your sport. And then um, one of the, my friends was talking about rugby. And he's like, yeah, play rugby, you know, won the grand final, made the, whatever. So I was like, oh, can I come down to training? And I basically thought I was going down to rugby union. And I rocked up to rugby league and was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was like under 10. And my parents were like, what the hell? You rolled the ball and it was like, couldn't believe it. Anyway, so I played that for two years. Um, went back to rugby union and then I think in when I was under 18s under 17s I came back to rugby league to play the SG ball and then I basically stuck to rugby league ever since then I was gonna say man because you've got the accent so you're obviously born over there so moved here when you were 10 accidentally found rugby league and then sort of coming back and forth and now here you are so you've played a bit of both codes obviously yes yeah, so I played a bit of both so I was um Played like, you know, rugby union, was in the junior force academy and stuff. And, um, yeah, and then I played, yeah, a little bit of union over in Europe for two years. But now I'm back in Australia, back to rugby league. What's um what's the vibe for rugby league like over in WA? Aside from South African stuff, is there much going on? I see a fair bit of uh, WARL stuff and there seems to be a little bit of action, which is interesting. Yeah, so like I left 2014 um, Perth to go over east and play, you know, pursue under 20s and a higher level. Um, but since I've come back now, there's probably like four, five, six new clubs starting up. Yeah. Um, I think we just officially 
overtook uh, we're the highest uh, participation affiliated state so I think we got the highest reg registration over Melbourne South Australia and Open Territory I think Melbourne uh, Victoria might have had us there because of the population um, but yeah we've got six teams in the first grade I think there might be eight or ten teams in a reserve grade so it's definitely building um, I think with the origin coming for the second game that's definitely helped like people actually want to go watch that um, if we could get some NRL games that would be great um, but yeah like I think there's definitely an appetite here there's lots of people moving from the east coast and it's a, it's a product that everyone likes NRL you know it's exciting go down it's not too complicated people go watch the force play and it's a bit like Western Force Rugby Union if you've never watched a rugby game before you, you don't really know what's going on you know yeah yeah I love I love hearing the perspective, man, because I can say it as much as I like, but I'm just some dude from Sydney, so I've got no idea. So yeah. I love having people yeah. like yourself, you know, who are on the ground, who um who can actually shed some light, mate. Let's let's spin back to let's spin spin back to South Africa. So, man, tell me about you. Meant you touched on it a little bit earlier. Or you started to. You mentioned the the relationship between the heritage guys over here, yourself and the squad over here and um, South Africa domestically, the local guys. Tell us a little bit about the relationship and how that works. Yeah, so basically, like, I think we, like, when we first started, we were running, like, two separate entities. Yep. Um, I think in 2000 and, when was it, uh, 16? Yeah. New Way took a, you know, side to South Africa, and they played, like, two test matches in South Africa. I think it was in Pretoria. And, like, that was run by the South African uh, domestic uh, entity and coaches and stuff. Um, but, obviously, if you looked at the games, like, it was, like, different structures. So, like, now we're trying to run a parallel system where, like, parallel fitness testing, parallel strength testing, going um, to start doing the same shape, so same spots. Um, so then when we blend end of next year in 2023... I think they're going to have the Mia Cup, yep. which is four countries. Yep. So South Africa will be there and Lebanon. So then we can sort of, you know, everyone's on the same page regarding moves, calls, spots, fitness testing. And then when we like play maybe internal test match, where we'll have like, you know, domestic heritage play each other. And then obviously we can pick a, pick a squad from that for the World Cup qualifier, which we haven't done before. Like normally the squads have sort of been pre-picked. Yep. Um, and it just gives everyone opportunity, but you know we're going to go off merit, not off um, anything else. That's the first I've heard of that. So heritage South Africa or the Australian-based South Africa. I'm going to say Australian-based because, like, I know yeah. you keep saying heritage, but you were born there, so like that's you're, you're South yeah. African, man. So the Australian-based yeah. boys versus the South African-based boys. I haven't heard of that before. Where's what's has that been planned, or is it just spoken about at the moment? Is there a, is there a... Uh, that's just loosely like yeah, like it's probably the first time it's been out there, but it's yeah. definitely like on the cards. Like everyone wants that to happen because um, obviously if you're the best player in South Africa, um, you know we've got like two divisions there. You got the Rhino Cup, then you got the Protea Cup. Yep. Like, and they also play, like, a state of origin where they have, like, you know, the East Rand versus the Northwest, Pomalanga. Like, they're getting more divisions there. So it gives those guys opportunity because it's unfair, like, saying, hey, this guy's playing Q Cup or this guy's playing NRL. At least, like, if the guy's up to it, like, this gives them opportunity. At least they know, like, okay, maybe that guy was better. Yeah. Because they don't understand what a Q Cup standard is or NRL standard, like, 
how much far, like how advanced it is, you know, like some of our guys that are born in Australia have been playing rugby league their whole life. Whereas if like you've come to South Australia, like, and then you just picked up, we've got a guy in Burley Bears. I think he's just picked up like rugby league the last two years, but like he's an absolute flyer. Like he'll play Q Cup this year. Um, and he's only like 23, but like obviously those those skills are transitional. They just need to be in that type of system, you know. It's probably what's his name? Do you know his name? Uh, Luke Devlake, I think, is oh, on the wing or oh, wing fullback for Agra at the moment. He's prob- playing with Cup. Probably the right age, you know, to transfer those skills over any later, and you sort of have like a. Um, you, you, they don't really. It doesn't really cross over if, if players go over too late. Like you see Benji Marshall or something going over, and you know he was okay, but you know probably yeah. should have stuck to league. But um, no offense to Benji, he's doing better better things than yeah. I ever have. But anyway, yeah. I just the first example nah, that came to my mind. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I, I love it. So you've got you've got the two two systems running concurrently. So you've got your Australian based boys and your South African based guys. And then blending it together for Mia, and then hopefully, you know, your pathway opens up to 2025 in France, which I think is great. And, you know, if if all goes well, you're in for a good shot there. Um, now, so how do test? So how do the test matches work? So you've got obviously you've got a game coming up in Queensland against Brazil, and I'm and I'm assuming you're a big part of that one. And then we've heard things like later on in the year, South Africa playing. Uh, against Kenya over there, are they? So that would be, you know, the Brazil game is the Australian-based guys, and the, the Kenya game is the South African-based guys. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, currently that's the plan we've like established, like just due to like COVID and like like we're trying. We're going to try and get a few guys to come for South Africa for this game. Yep. Um, but in in the past, like with visas and stuff, um, like it takes like three months, and then like you know it's not certain. So, but at the moment, probably yeah, domestically run there see what they say potentially we could fly over a few heritage players or australian based players you know just to help and those guys can see the level that like a quality half is or quality front row um fullback um which would be good because last time like we we, when we played over like we took a few guys and most of those other guys we played with i got a friend like marcel marcel uh he's playing in uh, joburg yeah and like he's just loving like thriving off learning from Australian guys because now when he goes back to his club team he's teaching them like you know nine ninety one block like all the, all the plays like the, the the things that we do in Australia you know and then his club ends up making the grand final because he's getting good structure and good good um, coaching you know which club is the best club over there at the moment? Well, the the champs I think are Tux University, so they yeah. they have the most yeah like. Players that are playing league year in year out. Um, they've got a lot of guys involved with the national side who have played at national level, like you know New South Wales country have toured in South Africa before. Uh, British amateur Lions take a team, and then like those guys have all played rugby league for I don't know about five or ten years now. So like they know what they're doing, and they all watch rugby league. They're showing it now at the, in the bars like NRL. So like guys can go on Saturday have a beer like. 2 p.m. and you can watch some rugby league. Well, it's less; it's not as uh, blasphemous to watch rugby league over there anymore. I know in recent times, you know, the union and league have sort of, or league has come in under the union umbrella in terms of administration. 
Um, yeah. Do you know much about that? How's that sort of panned out over the last couple of years since that sort of started? Yeah, so I think that's definitely been a good stepping stone. So the last two or three years, we've been approved as like a federational sport. Um, so we sort of, you know, come come out there and like now, like because we had like rugby union based facilities where we weren't allowed to train at, or like a council ground, like you know in Sydney how they council the council closes the fields when it's raining. Um, like rugby league weren't allowed to train there because it's we weren't recognised. So now, like that's all recognised. So now we're trying to start up a under 19s and under 20s youth cup. I think in the awesome. end of the year. Yeah. Wow. So November to February they'll run for three months. So they've already established that as a prime focus, and then hopefully by starting that domestic comp, and they've just facilitated a few more like coaches from rugby union to rugby league. Um, we've got a guy like who's paralleled with the Springboks called uh, Nico Serpentain. Yeah. So he's an um, ex-Rhino player. He works for the Saffron Rugby Union, but obviously he's played rugby league and his passions for rugby league. So he's helping um, sort of facilitate some coaching and uh, advice there. So they're aiming to get in that 2025 World Cup for a youth team as well. Yeah, well, I just yeah, I saw that um, expressions of interest went out for those youth sides as well. So that's that's exciting. I don't think we've seen anything like that from a South African perspective in rugby league in my, that that in my memory anyway. So that's fantastic. And there's obviously a big push towards 2025 World Cup. They seem to be putting putting a fair bit into it on the ground over there. Yeah, it's definitely the most active I've seen it over there. Um, like now, like just with emails, messaging, like so much meetings they got going on and obviously it's at a national level as well. Like you got, you know, Cape Town, you got Pretoria, you got Durban, you got like um, they're trying to facilitate it nationally where before it might have been primarily just being run in like Pretoria, like would just be like the Sydney equivalent. So now it's starting we have clubs in other cities, just they might be inactive. So if we can get them rebooted and active um, and start running some stuff. But yeah like it's it's been it's been pretty good there. Like, can't complain. There's actually a lot going on over there that your typical sort of NRL fan wouldn't has never heard about. And and even myself, someone that actually goes looking for this sort of information, there's not a lot online or on social media coming out of South Africa. But I hear a lot that's happening over there when I speak to people like yourself or you know a podcast interview with Faini a few uh, probably about two years ago now. It's been a while, but. I hear about the divisions and the cities and the clubs and the players and um, it's really exciting, but we don't see it too much. I might have to, mate, I might have to ask you some favours and see if some of the guys can send over some photos and and scores for us every now and then so we can post them for our fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got a few friends all all over there still playing and they're all, you know, big fans of rugby league and they they really enjoy the sport, you know. Yeah. Yeah, good to see, man. Let's come back. Um, let's come back to Australia for a little bit. So we mentioned, we hinted earlier at um, that big matchup against Brazil uh, in Noosa in a few weeks' time. Give us that. Hit us up with all the important stats, man. All the important dates and information, just in case any of our listeners up in Queensland can make it. Yeah, cool. Hopefully we can get some. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be June fifth, Sunday, uh, three p.m. at the home of the Noosa Pirates. Um, playing against Brazil. Um, yeah, I love working with Rob Bergen. He's doing great things um, in the rugby league space. Um, and also with Brazil, like, he's so active. 
Um, so I think they're flying over like four or five Brazilian domestic players who've come over on their visa and are training with guys over here. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that today. They're going to have five domestic Brazilian players in their squad, which is awesome. Yeah, which is great. Like that's what we generally do. Like I think the last three test matches we've had in Australia, like when we played against Cook Islands, we flew over five to seven domestic players. Um, when we played Italy, we flew over two. And then I think we flew over two as well against Malta. So it's cool to see, you know, because at least when they go back to Brazil, they can, you know, they're going to be pumped. So they've played South Africa and, you know, help grow the game. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What are you expecting? Because I, I haven't... Um... I haven't seen the Rhinos in action, I don't think, since that Cookies game that you just mentioned, that World Cup qualifier. So it's, it's been a little while. Are you, are you expecting the boys to be rusty or have you been training? Like, what's the what's the situation at the moment? Yeah, cool. So, yeah, it's obviously a little bit um, different different setup to that Cook Islands game. That was a pretty um, stacked side reversed. Yeah. Um, but I think we've got like eight deputons for this game. And I think we're running at an average age of 24. So like I'm 26 now, I'll turn 27. So I'm sort of leading the boys. So You're at your like, prime, yeah, there's a, yeah, it's just clicking <laughs> in, I suppose, the second gear, finally. As long as the body can hold up. No, nah, but um, yeah, we've found a lot of um, players now like playing rugby league. Um, whereas before we would, like we had guys that played like ITM Cup or with the Western Force, like at a rugby union level. Yeah. Um, you know, like the highest level you can play in rugby union. And when they came into rugby league, just absolutely lost. Like, don't know, you know, as a hooker or a half, like they just can't control the game. So we've got a full squad. You know, we've got 17 players, all rugby league. And we're bringing like three or four extra players just in the, in the camp yep. who could potentially um, just, you know, benefit from some experience. Um, culture, and we're really trying to build this squad we got now um, to the World Cup qualifiers next year, and then hopefully like 2025 World Cup. So then that average age bumps up to 27, and I think that's like if you look at all the teams that have won like a World Cup, like you're pushing around that that barrier. You know? Yeah, nice work, man. That's awesome. And and um, who should we be looking out for? Pretend Rob Bergen's not listening. Who are some of the players that uh, might might impress against Brazil in a few weeks' time? Um, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Luke um, Devleg play. Apparently, he's got wheels. Uh, <laughs> so I've heard yeah. from a source. Um, so he's obviously raw to rugby league. Just been playing, I think, two years now. Yeah, he's studying over there. Um, got a young guy from Mackay. Ethan Sweets coming off the bench, only 18. Apparently, he's doing real well there, training cup side. Um, and then we've got like a little hooker. Um, he's from Emerald. He was with the Capras. He's probably like a little bit of a yeah untapped, uh, underrated player, little hooker. So I reckon he could be dangerous, like a little Damien Cook, hopefully. Such a unique situation. Like some of these boys, you haven't seen play before, and you're going to be turning up for with them in a in a rhinos jersey. So that's it's it's a unique situation, man. It's very old school, actually. You know, we're not used to that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, but but really cool. Um, how much are you going to beat Brazil by, mate? Um, it's hard to say. If they have everyone <laughs> planned, um, planned playing, because as you can tell, like it's pretty hard, like planning a test um like during the season like obviously guys are playing week in week out yeah 
And I think like for that Cook Islands game, we had two guys injured during the camp. Like Kobe Thomas got injured. Yeah. Um, he's playing his last cup with, with the Bulldogs or something now. Um, and then we had another uh, second rower um, get injured to his ankle. Um, so hopefully if we've got like everyone on full strength side, I'm hoping, you know, like maybe get a couple clean break. I don't know. Interesting. Hard to say, but yeah, as long as the halves are taking control, we've got a good go forward ball. We've got a lot of um, speed out wide and um, a lot of strike in the middle. Nice, man. Well, look, Chasing Kangaroos are a sponsor of Brazil, so unfortunately I'm going to have to be cheering the other way. But I do, I will be, oh, mate, yeah. hoping, I will be hoping for the best. It's, it's just great to see South Africa yeah. back out there. And, and these are the kind of, the, the kind of match-ups that I love. If you, if you tell um, your average NRL fan that Brazil's playing South Africa, they go, what, in rugby league? What are you talking about? So I just I love this sort of stuff. It what it's what you know keeps me going and keeps me passionate about this great game of ours. So really excited, man. Uh, one of my final questions, but are there any? Do you know if there's any um, eligible players for South Africa in the NRL running around at the moment? I can't think of any. Um. So currently, like you had Mitchell Fries playing Queensland for the East Tigers. He yeah. played NRL um, for the Knights. Um, you got Jackson Fries playing NRL for the Warriors, play off the bench, just debuted last year. Um, you got a guy that might be contracted, not in the NRL, but Brendan Fry with Norths, might be with the Broncos. Yeah, nice. Um, you got Ben Condon up at the North Queensland Cowboys, who's played maybe 10 games, big, big middle. And then like you got the likes of Kobe Thomas, who's sort of with NRL um, development squad, the Bulldogs. Um, but I'm not sure, like, hopefully, like, some more can come out the woodwork because we don't really get much information from the NRL, like, releasing because confident, like, downtality is, like, a big thing at the moment. So, like, to get data is the hardest thing. So, like, there are some South Africans playing NRL. I'd love to have them for the, you know, World Cup qualifier. Mate, put the word out because uh, you never know who's going to, you know, when it comes to World Cups. You know, you you would never know who you're going to find, and um, it would be cool to see a few more. But it's great to hear that there's a few. There seems to be a few on the cusp, you know, of of really making it in the NRL, which is really exciting. And I'm sure, like, once we start to tap into that domestic scene over there as well, and more of those, you know, players that are used to playing union get a bit of a taste for league. You never know. It could be, you know, good potential. You know, good potential for. Some scouts, some NRL scouts need to get over to Joburg, man, and see see what they can find over there. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you got, like, so I was playing over Europe, uh, rugby union in Europe, and, like, South Africa is the most tapped, like, source from the school comp. You've got the thing called Craven Week. Yeah. And they have scouts from everywhere, like, you know, Germany, England, like, Ireland. Like, they all come grab them at 18. So then five years' time, they're 23 and they're eligible for the national side you know um and i wish like the nrl did that because obviously the the talent pool is going to run out in the pacific islands and then you've got south africa which is a 60 million you know population size who have like arguably the toughest under 18s rugby union comp in the world you know maybe parallel to new zealand and like if they can get those kids a contract um you know even like a development contract or something like that i think a lot of them would take the, the chance, you know. It just makes sense, man. I mean, they can't all play. play oh, they're not in Super Rugby anymore. They're in 
um, the European version, whatever that is, but they're not all going to make the first 15s, you know. So, you know, some of them might be persuaded. And it's just another case for, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but getting Perth back into the NRL because, you know, it's, it's a shorter flight for South Africa and could be, you know, a good opportunity for some of those guys. But, man, tell me, like, your obviously your goals are all heading towards the 2025 World Cup. Is is that really what you're thinking about most at the moment with South Africa, or do you have more like long term goals? Because it sounds like like you're right into the development and and unearthing talent and stuff like that as well. Like, what's your what what are your goals personally? Yeah, so like that's obviously the main like catalyst uh, goals. But like, I would love to like set up uh, the pathway um, where like you know what the big one is Perth to get an NRL franchise. That could be another goal. Um, and then if there could be a direct like link there from Perth and you know like how Frank Panisi from Melbourne's like getting all the, the best talent like you know look how Melbourne develop players like if Perth could do that with South Africa like get some kids over um, you know straight out of school um, into you know an NRL franchise in Perth um, and then obviously that translates then back and then hopefully one day that we have a fully professional rugby league comp in, in South Africa. Man, it makes so much sense. It's uh, it's a good dream, um, and you never know, hopefully, in uh, our lifetimes, mate, definitely with people like yeah. yourself on the ground. You never know. That's, yeah, so that's what I'm trying. I've been uh, <laughs> doing it for eight, eight years now, so, I mean, finally getting traction, to say, yeah. <laughs> nice work, man. Anything else that I've missed or anything else you want to mention before we um, before we wrap this one up? I think it's all good. Um yeah, so say, love what you're doing and getting the word out there and definitely helping promote like rugby league. So, yeah, appreciate it, Carl. I love it, man. Thanks for chatting to me, and um, we'll have to chat later about getting some of those rhinos jerseys on ChasingRoos.com because they look freaking awesome. And uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll work something out for the for the listeners. But mate, Shane, thanks again for chasing kangaroos with me, and good luck against Brazil in a few weeks' time. <laughs> 